0: hello everybody welcome to the front porch tailgate i'm michael scott and i'm byron hazley welcome to the 60th episode of the podcast that's right we have a great show lined up for
1: you guys today how you doing mike
0: byron i am doing great how are you doing today And I'm doing, I'd be doing better if I was sitting in my hot tub, but I'm happy to be on doing another podcast with you. Are you a little sore or just looking to get outside and relax in the bubbles? I mean, it's just always nice to sit down in those bubbles, baby. That 104, 103, it always feels good. Do you pop yourself open on a cold brew when you get in there? Once in a while. You got to be careful though. You know, that hot steam, it'll get you going. Get you feeling quite right. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, definitely, you got to
1: keep a lifeguard present when drinking in the hot tub. You never know what could happen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's good to talk to you today, man. It's been a, It's been about a week since the last podcast. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. What's
1: what's uh, been going on?
0: You know, just living life, Mike. It's been busy. I'm sure it's been busy your way as well. How's everything going? You know what, Byron? Never seen, it never seems—it seems like there's never enough
1: hours in the days to get done what I got to do. Well, and throw in the fact that I need a lot of sleep lately. It's busy
0: yeah absolutely and you know as we're getting this going i just want to give some recognition to a mutual friend of ours uh mr josh chapman he was named ceo of the ymca in port huron this week uh he'll be starting in mid-january so just wanted to give him a congratulatory message congratulations josh
1: it's absolutely fantastic we're excited to uh, have josh back he's definitely a uh member of the community that makes an impact. He's going to do great things at the Y and uh, shout out former front porch
0: alumni. Yeah. Friend of the podcast. All right. So le- speaking of that, let's jump into today's episode. So what do we got on deck, Mike? Well, let's just start it out
1: right off with the first topic, Byron. What do you say?
0: Sounds good so, to me. So,
1: uh, LeBron James, Kyrie Irving back in the news. Uh, they've got some drama again, Um, Back in October, Kyrie Irving appeared on uh, Kevin Durant's podcast, The etc's, And uh, he basically started making comments that now that him and Kevin Durant are teammates with the Brooklyn Nets, it's the first time in Kyrie's career where he's actually felt um, that there's someone else on the team
0: capable of taking the game-winning shot. Now, Mike, was that in October 2019 or October 2020? I feel like it was much further. Like, I heard that almost a year ago. This, um,
1: there there was something that came out like this, you know, similar in the past. Um, but this just
0: recently came out on Kevin Durant's new podcast. Got yeah. Okay. Well, you know... Kyrie has been taking slights and then he'll meet with LeBron and apologize. But, I mean, for him to come out and say he's finally got a guy that can make that same shot as him, he's way off base there, significantly. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, LeBron James is far more decorated when it comes to late-game situation scoring than either player, to be honest, if you look at the numbers. Uh, So – That's my take. I mean, I think Kyrie's off base here. Um, What did you think, Mike? You know, it seemed like Kyrie was inadvertently
1: discrediting the late game efforts of uh, LeBron James during their days as teammates on the Cavs. And I know you had mentioned earlier when we spoke, you know, off uh, the show about this, that you felt that it may have been carefully calculated. Um, I agree with you there. I don't know. What's going on with Kyrie? Obviously, there always tends to be a lot of drama involving him. We've seen it in locker rooms from Boston to Brooklyn and all the way back to his days, you know, as a young man with the Cavs. And uh, I just – I feel like there's a little bit of jealousy that exists between Kyrie and LeBron James for some reason.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was the whole issue, why they didn't pan out. Uh, He couldn't see – that lebron was actually trying to help him he just felt like he was trying to sun him all the time uh, you know like you need to be doing this you need to be doing this and he didn't like it you know where the mm-hmm. whole time lebron was trying to guide him now when you look at kyrie just as a career to your point you know he, he hasn't done much without lebron he actually has done very little even the boston teams that he was a part of the ones that had success were successful without him on the court
1: yeah so let's let's dive a little deeper into the actual statistics okay cuz the numbers don't really lie and i think it's time uh that people uh understand this about lebron james i've been one of the most uh crucial lebron james critics as you know In the past, and, you know, doing my research, I was actually awakened to the fact that LeBron James is probably more clutch than a majority of the uh, rest of the NBA, and he's uh, certainly far ahead of both Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, right? So give us some numbers, Mike. Fox Sports released some statistics, and they were talking about uh, James' career playoff success rate. When taking a shot to either tie or take the lead in the final two minutes of the fourth quarter or overtime, um, he's converting through his career in the playoffs at 45.5%. Um, and that's been drawn from a sample size of about 66 attempts, right, in those late-game situations. And uh, and that's big time. That's playoffs, right? That's playoff games right? in the so fourth quarter big, or overtime with two minutes or left two minutes or less left in the game, right? So those are the, the big shots, the ones you always dream about as a kid playing basketball in the front yard. Uh, LeBron James converting at 45.5%, right? Okay. So you go on and you take a look at Irving's success rate in those situations and it falls, uh, really far behind. It's relatively low. He's converting at 28.6% for his career. Um, in all actuality he's only made two of seven of those shots in those type of situations in the playoffs in his career uh obviously both with lebron james right one being that monster game seven shot that he made was it a game seven or game six that he made it was seven Uh, game seven for the cavaliers to clinch and then durant um, he's had more opportunities, obviously, playing with Golden State and going on the runs he's been on. Okay, he's only converted at about 33.3%. Right. 42 attempts. So LeBron James in those situations, clutch shooting, is head over heels past both Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. So for me, really, I guess why that, this is all relevant, I guess, at this point is, one, there's this – worldwide misconception among lebron james haters that he's not a clutch shooter or he's
0: afraid to shoot in the winning moments of the game and i don't agree with that okay so let me ask you this for comparison sake would you happen to have a guy like kobe Bryant or michael jordan's late game numbers or no i i have
1: not uh drawn the numbers on those parallels yet i distinctively ran them
0: between these three stars completely understandable because that's the topic at hand uh so i mean the numbers don't lie the visuals don't lie so at the end of the day we know what it is uh i understand why lebron just felt you know disrespected you know a little hurt when he said that um given that he's tried to pour so much into him
1: definitely and lebron went on to mention that in interviews too that he was upset about this because he's done nothing more than try to be a big brother to Kyrie Irving. And to hear these things really, I think, rubs him the wrong way. Um, and the two are directly related. You know, when you look at LeBron James and Kyrie Irving, people on one hand can say, well, without Kyrie Irving and Ray Allen, LeBron James has only won two championships. Well, on the other hand, you can say without LeBron James, Ray Allen's got one NBA championship and Kyrie, Kyrie Irving's never even – sniff the big dance you know
0: absolutely
1: so really we'll see exactly where this goes I think obviously the media is trying to paint this whole east coast west coast Lakers versus the Nets rivalry uh, now that Kevin Durant's getting healthy and uh, the Clippers obviously aren't going to be what they were last season
0: No, absolutely. I mean, LeBron only goes on one podcast. It's the Road Trippin' podcast that uh, Richard Jefferson hosts. That's the only one he's ever recorded on, I believe. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see what comes of it. I can't wait to see the Lakers versus Brooklyn matchup because I know LeBron is going to have a little bit of edge to him.
1: Definitely, and it'll it'll be exciting. Basketball is coming back. It's only going to be a few weeks. I am so stoked. But let's pivot here. We got a lot to talk about today, and we only got a certain amount of time. Uh, the big news coming out of college football today um, is that the Big Ten has voted to allow the Ohio State Buckeyes into the Big Ten ch- championship game, even though they've only played five games. Uh, Because, you know, as of recently, their game with Michigan is going to be canceled this weekend. Byron, what can you tell us about all
0: that? Yeah, so the Big Ten set up originally when they set up the eight-game schedule to return to play this fall. um, They said that teams have to play a minimum of six games. In order to qualify for the big 10 championship game however they did have a stipulation in it that if the average of the league uh was below six games that they could potentially change that rule now i think they went completely outside of any written documentation that they had in place and they overwrote the rule stating that a six-game minimum was re- required uh, based on the simple fact that Ohio State's their moneymaker. That's the cash cow. That's mm-hmm. who's going to bring – that's who's going to draw viewership. That's who's going to draw marketing opportunities for them. So it made no sense for them to punish them when we're living in a world of COVID, right? COVID is running things. We're just living in it at this point, you know, especially when you look at college Campuses, it's just running rampant. I saw something today where in college basketball, they just started, I think, three weeks ago, and they've already had over 800 games canceled. So, I mean, it's just running rampant all across these mm-hmm. college campuses so i think they're trying to make the best of a tough situation and i think that in my opinion they made the right decision by removing that rule and getting ohio state in that game against northwestern no i
1: completely agree with you let me let me ask you this question though right so michigan's catching a lot of flack right now for canceling this game they've had a really really uh to put it quite bluntly piss poor season Um, with Jim Harbaugh at the helm this year, they have not played well. Um, Byron, how do you think this directly affects, um, the Michigan program moving forward here? You have again, Ohio state finding a way to get on the playing field, finding a way to play in these big championship games that matter the most when it comes to dollars and recruiting and everything else. And then you got Michigan basically packing it in for the year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say they packed it in for the year. I, a report I read said that they if they were to play this weekend, they would be without 45 scholarship players. Right. That's a significant number for you to try to go and play a top 5 team in the nation mm. without. So And I
1: heard that report as well. Do you think that Michigan might be more inclined to attempt to play if in fact they were, let's say, undefeated with a 5-0 and record or had a chance at a Big Ten championship?
0: You know, that's, a, that's an interesting question that you pose there, Mike. Uh, I think if they were down 45, they would still make the same call. If mm-hmm. you were down 45 scholarship players, because, I mean, if you think about, like, Harbaugh and things of that sort, he would not, Ward Manuel, they would not want to put themselves in a situation like that uh Mm -hmm. especially if you're five and oh why would you why would you right why would
1: you want to give up the chance of being undefeated right don't get that blemish on your record no i get it i i you know me i've had enough of jim harbaugh i'm dead set on running him out of town and uh at this point i think it's funny because he's really put his foot in his mouth because throughout most of the year he's been bragging about how uh, people have been telling him that the University of Michigan should be considered a model of success and how they've responded to COVID-19, then here they are uh, in crunch time really when it matters most in the biggest game of the year, not able to feel the team because (laughs) they've had a breakdown in that uh, COVID-19 protocol on campus. And now they
0: got 45 guys uh, up on the rack, you know. I feel like COVID has ears. I hate to keep talking about COVID, but I feel like it has ears because it seems like whoever's out there talking about it, talking stuff, boom, the next thing you know, they got it. It's Trevor Lawrence, get you. It's boom, gonna get you. got it. It's
1: going to get you.
0: <laughs>
1: it's coming. Yeah. You can't out, you can't out, like, I mean, we're not going to dive too much into the virus, but you can't run in, you can't run away from a virus. You just can't do it. Yeah. One way, shape, or form, you're getting it, whether you contract it, whether you eventually, you know, get a vaccine so that you can build up immunities to fight it, you're getting it at yeah. some point.
0: Yeah, but let me pivot here. Let's pivot back to the topic at hand here with Michigan. So uh, did you hear the rumors this week that Jim Harbaugh may be getting an extension? Don't even get me started. Now you're
1: just now you're just pushing buttons. You're trying to get me fired up.
0: No, 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 no. These are
1: legit. Uh, no, I know. Yeah, you're bringing them up. Yeah. I don't. You know, I don't want to talk about it.
0: Yeah. If okay. these well, rumors,
1: get- if these rumors have any validity to them, the board of regents, the chancellors, the brass, the bigwigs at the University of Michigan have absolutely lost their
0: mind. Well. Let me ask you this. If he does get an extension, what does that mean for you as a fan of Big
1: Blue? Let let me tell you this right now. If the University of Michigan extends Jim Harbaugh, I'm being faced with a difficult choice, okay? I need to know who's going to be the coach of the Wolverines and take us to glory, and I need to know who's going to return the Lions to a certain level of respectability, and I need to know soon because at some point – Something's got to give. I can't take it. I'm having chest pains, and I'm going to have to trade in my colors for one of these teams. I'll I'll stick with one of them, but I'm trading in the colors for the other one. I've had enough.
0: I thought you were done with the Lions. You're going with Seattle.
1: I haven't committed yet. Not since they
0: started looking like the Lions. Until
1: I buy a jersey, (laughs) until I buy a jersey, I am not giving up on anybody, but I'm getting distinctively close to purchasing some fabric, okay? Because okay. these guys are killing me.
0: I'm, well, supposed, speaking to of- sp-
1: I'm supposed to enjoy sports. And the only thing I enjoy is every other city's sports.
0: Well, speaking of other city sports and what we enjoy as well as fabrics purchase, let's talk about this MVP race. Mainly, my guy Patrick Mahomes. Oh, that gaudy Taking red. of that businesses. gaudy red
1: fabric you purchased.
0: Oh yeah, I I almost threw on the jersey for you, Mike. You know I know how much you love it when I put that thing on. You know, here's the thing.
1: Patrick Mahomes, fantastic quarterback. And right now, the way it's looking, I don't think there's a team. A couple weeks ago, I said the Steelers had a shot. Nope, not anymore. Tried After watching what I've watched the past two weeks, to tell you. the atrocity that's been on the field, I don't think there's a, a snowball's chance in hell Patrick Mahomes doesn't win his uh, second Super Bowl this season, you know, barring some shocking upset. But uh, let me ask you this, Byron. Do you believe Patrick Mahomes is the favorite to win his second
0: MVP? You know, I think it's going to be interesting down the stretch here, these last four games, three to four games, between him and Aaron Rodgers, because Aaron Rodgers is putting up some big-time numbers himself. Uh, I heard someone say this week that uh, Aaron Rodgers is out here stat to to stay ahead of, uh, Patrick Mahomes. He's checking out of plays at the goal line so that he can pass the ball so he can throw the ball in for a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, because you know throwing for like three, four touchdowns each week.
1: It'll be it'll be interesting to see if that's true. I, I'd like to get a hold of those articles and read those. But uh um you know Aaron Rodgers came into the season with a huge massive chip on his shoulder, right? The Packers should have went out and got him a wide receiver in the draft. Instead, they draft his replacement, and he's going on to have one of the best years of his career, and I believe what is 14th, 15th, 16th year, somewhere around there. And uh, and then you got Patty Mahomes over here who's been lights out all season. I mean, watching the things this guy's able to do on the field with the football and pressure situations is absolutely incredible. I mean, watching him – the way he throws the ball, I mean, just how creative he is on the move is really fascinating. And with each given week, he continues to grow on me. You know, like I said, I'm trading in my colors. I won't be trading them in for a red jersey and a Chiefs headdress, but I really like what I see on a weekly basis, you know, watching even if I miss the game and I watch the highlights, it's fascinating.
0: Well, Mike, he's a he's a former baseball player like you and I and one thing in particular, he was a pitcher, right? So, mm-hmm. one thing pitchers are taught, you know, have amnesia, you know, forget about mm-hmm. the last thing, continue to build more and more and he never panics what regardless of the situation that he's in. He's kind of even keel. He doesn't lose it. He knows what he's doing. He's finding receivers. He knows where his guys are. Not to mention, he's got two of the top receivers in the NFL with his tight end, no, Travis Kelsey and wide receiver and Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. D- I mean, the guy's putting it up 40 times a game. Who needs a run game? They drafted a rookie RB in the first round. Guys splitting carries with a 10-year with a vet and Le'Veon Bell. And, mm-hmm. You know, doesn't matter. Guys just getting it done week in, week out. Defenses know what's coming, and they still can't stop it. Just phenomenal week in, week out. Absolutely incredible. And it's crazy to
1: think that he was a pitcher in baseball because when you watch – Patrick Mahomes throw on the run and move his hips and scramble and deliver the ball accurately and uh, with strength the downfield, you would have to think that he was a middle infielder. He the was also he throw, the way he can throw from so many different angles. Yeah, he was also a shortstop. Okay. I just, I didn't know that. I didn't know the history of his baseball career. I just knew that uh, he was drafted by the Tigers and that his dad was a former major leaguer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He was mainly drafted because of his father, but he was his primary position was shortstop, but he would also pitch as well, and he would run it up there. I think he well, was throwing like ninety six at sixteen. Um, now he's a minority owner
1: for the Kansas City Royals. Absolutely, which is fantastic in itself. But let's not let's not get too carried away on that. You know, we still got one more topic and we got the picks to discuss. I notice you're not drinking a beer tonight.
0: Yeah, no, like I said, I'm on. uh, I told you off before we started recording. I'm on dad duty tonight. Mm -hmm. uh, My wife's at the hospital on call. So, you know, dad's got to stay sober. Might have to wake up with a six month old in the middle of the night. Can't be out there boozing, sleeping through him, crying.
1: God, sounds
0: awful. Well,. Let's
1: let's transition here. Let's jump into the AFC North. Let's talk about uh, a very polarizing individual, uh, someone who's seen both sides of success and failure within the last three years. Uh, let's talk about Cleveland Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield. Um, the Browns are 9-3 at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like they're going to get into the playoffs, and who knows if the Steelers continue playing like they are. They may even be – contender for an AFC North Division championship at this point we'll see it's not it's not a stretch to say that anything can happen in the last four weeks of the year we've seen collapses but uh, Byron I know at times you've called uh, Baker Mayfield a game manager Mm -hmm. Um, do you still uh, have that sentiment inside you or do you think maybe he's rounding into something more as the season continues on
0: Nope, without question. The guy is an absolute game manager. That's all he is. He had probably his best career game uh, last week, and he almost pissed that away against the Titans. They, the, they were up, I think, 28 at one point in that game. They ended up winning by seven. Um, and I shouldn't say they pissed it away. The They scored a last-second touchdown, the Titans did, to bring it within seven. But uh, regardless – I absolutely think 100% that Baker Mayfield is a game manager. Let me ask you this. Why is that? Well, if you look at the things that they're asking him to do, they're a run-first team. They've got a stout defense. They're not asking him to win the game. They try to keep his pass attempts under 30 a game. He's in the bottom third in the league in passing attempts, as you know that the NFL is a passing league. Uh, So, I mean, at the end of the day, all signs point to him being a game manager. And when they have to put the game on the line or when they're behind and they need him to throw, he can't come through for them. Games when they've trailed and they put the ball in his hands to make plays, he doesn't come through for them.
1: I, w- I would agree with you that those things happened in the past, specifically last season under Freddie Kitchens. Uh, it looked like Baker Mayfield had no confidence. He certainly had no offensive line, and uh, it was pretty much a piss-poor performance by Baker Mayfield. Um, but this season, they're 9-3. and three. They have an incredible run game. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the reason why I'm bringing this whole thing up um, is because – he currently shares the same quarterback rating with Russell Wilson. Right. Uh, he's also one of the best passers in the National Football League currently, um, in terms of play action passing. And then also, he on the is one of the top five rated quarterbacks in the NFL right now in red zones. Red zone passer rating.
0: Hey, so. There. It helps when your biggest threat is a run game. You've got two guys that are likely going to run for a thousand yards each. You know. Oh,
1: absolutely. He's benefiting from the scheme.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, is everything when you look at Baker? He's got a sixty-two percent completion percentage. It's okay, not great. You know. Um, but at the end of the day, when you look at the advanced metrics and the advanced stats on Baker Mayfield, he's middle third of the league. He's not standing out. Yeah, his QBR is high, but they don't ask him to do much. hmm He's not but, asked
1: to do but, much. But let me ask you this, because I'm—you're <laughs> probably going to get sick of me by the end of the football season, or maybe yeah. by whenever. Because today. I feel that this game manager term, you throw around lightly, yeah. and, I, and I feel like you throw it around often, and I think I'll agree you're, such a, you're such I'm, I guess I would say, when I think of the NFL, I'm more of a traditionalist, um, and I feel like you're really big on the modern game with the advanced passing and all the big numbers and the video game numbers. And I guess my point is, Baker Mayfield, 10 years ago, we wouldn't be calling him a game manager with these stats. We'd be calling him a relatively quality quarterback,
0: you know. But that's not where he's we're He's throwing at.
1: seven interceptions. He's protected the ball. <laughs>
0: you know, I mean, he's doing his job. He's managing the game. They're not asking him to go out and win the game. He's 21st in the league in pass attempts. Mm-hmm. So we're not asking him. You want to see who he's surrounded by in pass attempts? Daniel Jones is above him. Nick Foles is behind him. He's not being asked to go out and win the game. Both of those guys have missed multiple games or weren't even starters at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so, I mean, when you look at where's he at, his pass attempts, to give you specific numbers, he's at 327. Um Everyone within the top 15 has over 400 pass attempts. I'll give you some names. Uh, Number 14, Joe Burrow, 404, not Mm -hmm. a game manager. Kyler Murray, 426, not a game manager. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen, 428, not a game manager. Russell Wilson, 436, not a game manager. Big Ben, 484, the league leader not a game manager. You know, he's out here. He, he doesn't have to put the team on his back. All he has to do is do the simple things. Baker, complete this pass. You see that guy that's wide-ass open? Get the ball to him, you know? <laughs> so it's not – they're not asking him to do a lot. When you have a strong run game, you can benefit from that, you know? And even when you look at a guy like Ryan Tannehill – Brian Tannehill's at 379 attempts. That's 50 more than Baker Mayfield, and he's got one of the best running backs in the NFL, Derrick Henry, that they run the game through. His passer mm. rating is higher than Baker – or his completion percentage is higher than Baker Mayfield's at 64.9. Mm. So, I mean, like I said – they're not asking him to do a lot he's no star by any means uh, when you look at his his completion percentage he's 30th in the league so that's actually very poor um, everything that I'm looking at points to him not being that great when I look at he's 11th in QBR so I mean he's a middle of the in road the upper QB. third he's he's a middle of the road QB in my opinion, not a guy that I would look at to draft in the number one spot. To me, I wouldn't call him a bust, but he's des- He's definitely disappointed for the spot in which they drafted him.
1: I, I tend to disagree. I mean, when you're sitting here...
0: What more do I need to show you? Good
1: God! <laughs> Because they've drafted him as the quarterback to take this team to the playoffs and potentially win a Super Bowl throughout his career, right? He's 9-3 and this year. He's got pieces around him that are allowing him to flourish. And right now, even if he is still, in fact, a game manager, what you are seeing Baker Mayfield do is evolve with some sense of stability, right? He's on his third head coach in three years. He's in his third system in three years fourth head coach, yeah, if you want to include the
0: U-Jacks, uh,
1: the u intern or whatever you want to call it. But, yeah, so this guy has done nothing but have his career plagued by instability and poor decision-making in the past, and now it seems like maybe he's on the right foot. It's just going to be something to watch moving forward to see where he can go because, like you said, there's been times when he's played very poorly behind a bad offensive line. And he's made bad decisions, and he hasn't necessarily had to go out and win his football team the game. But when I think of him winning football games, you talk about last weekend where you got a good run game against a good run game in the Tennessee Titans and then his guys,
0: he was the difference. Four touchdowns. He had a, he had the best game of his career. And, you know, when I saw him – throwing those touchdown passes Mike I knew you were gonna bring it up because you love Baker you I I love to
1: stir the pot
0: with you. that's your guy I think I
1: love to stir the pot with you more than I love Baker but I, but like I just that. I did some research. The sacks are down. The protections up. The performance is definitely
0: up. Oh, they absolutely beefed up that offensive line. They spent a lot of money to protect him and mm-hmm. to get themselves a better foundation for that run game. You know, that's really what it was. Well, about. they had to, or he'd be the Cleveland Browns version of Carson Wentz, right? Or they'd be three and nine instead of nine and three, right?
1: Well, we'll see. We'll see what exactly he can do the rest of this year and into the playoffs. I'm sure this will be a topic that comes and goes as time goes on for us because he's only three years into his career. Uh, but I just thought it's one you'd enjoy. So uh, let's talk about the picks. How'd we do last week?
0: Uh, we did pretty good, Mike. You know, we did pretty good. I think, let's see here. I was, I won five out of seven. Okay. And nice you week. won five out of seven. Really? Yeah, yeah. So you lost the Wisconsin game. I took Indiana plus the 14. And uh, you lost the Bears, which we both did. Mm-hmm. I lost the Titans game. Um, mm-hmm. You took the Browns plus five and a half. And, I mean, they were a point away from covering. But what, uh, what are we each converting at for the season? That's what I'm interested in. We both lost the 49ers game. So, Mike, you're up seven. You're converting at a 58% rate. And I myself, I'm converting at 49%. So, we're my way back it. to even. See- I'm,
1: I'm going to have to tighten it up because my goal for the rest of the year is to convert it over 65%.
0: There you go. Well, you're sounding like me on the lock of the week. I'm converting at, uh, at a 64% rate after last week's win of the Packers minus nine. Uh, but with that said, let's jump into the picks for this week, Mike. Uh, so let's start in the college. The college game so we've got Michigan State traveling to Penn State coming off an absolute battering against Ohio State Michigan State that is lost by 40 points and they're minus 14 and a half to Penn State Mike who are you taking here you know what uh, is Penn State at
1: home minus 14 and a half yes has Michigan State won a game besides the Michigan game
0: Yes, they beat Northwestern, top 10 ranked Northwestern a couple weeks ago.
1: I'll take Michigan State in the points, finish the year off on a
0: on a positive note. Interesting. I did not think you were going there, Mike. I I'm for sure taking that 14 and a half. Penn State they're not that good. They just won back-to-back games, one against a very, very bad Michigan team and one against a Rutgers team who should have beat that Michigan team, and they beat Rutgers by less than 14-and-a-half.
1: Yeah, so, I'll take Michigan State in those points all day yeah,
0: long. I'm taking Michigan State in the points. So I don't uh, think
1: Penn State, even if they do win, is going to be uh, three scores better than Michigan State. Yeah, absolutely. even if even if Michigan State does have a fifty year old, fifty year old man playing quarterback who looks like a member of the uh, Beach Boys, he got knocked out. Rocky,
0: he's questionable to play this week. Oh man! But anyways, pivoting here to our next game, uh, we've got number nine Georgia, the Bulldogs. They're minus thirteen against number twenty five Missouri. It's at Missouri. Mike, who are you taking here?
1: Mm. You know, Byron, Georgia let me down earlier this year. No, they didn't. They made me look bad. I'm done betting against them. I'm taking the Bulldogs.
0: You're going UGA here, huh? Minus 13. Minus 13. So, um, I was on the fence about this, but I think I'm going to go Missouri plus the 13. Georgia's really struggled uh, offensively this year. They haven't found a good quarterback. Um, so I think I'm going to take the points here. All right. So let's move to our next game. So we've got number 17, North Carolina traveling to Miami, the number 10 team in the nation. Miami is minus three. Mike, who are you taking here?
1: I like Miami. They've played very well this year. I believe their only loss has come against Clemson. They're at home. I'm taking the hurricanes.
0: Okay. I'm right there with you. I'm going to take Miami here, minus the three at home. I like for them to finish the regular season um, and with a win here. So I'll take those boys, the Hurricanes. Uh, Next game, heading back to the Big Ten. So we've got Wisconsin minus one, traveling to number 16, Iowa. Mike, who are you taking here? I'm going to
1: take Iowa at home take the one point
0: they've quietly been a very good team this year they have after starting uh what were they starting oh and two
1: i believe for the year i expected them to be piss poor this year you know they had a lot of problems in house with some uh you know ra- racial you know issues and things like that with their strength coach and Remember i really didn't expect this team to rally together and put together a good season and they have.
0: Yeah, no, I hear
1: you, Mike. Um, Sometimes that adversity can either tear you apart or bring you together. And it seems like Kirk Ferentz has done a great job of bringing this team together.
0: Yeah, I'm with you here, Mike. I was leaning uh, Wisconsin, but you know what? No thanks, Badgers. Give me the Hawkeyes plus one at home. Yeah, Bad-
1: Badgers are the sexy pick here, right? They're not the <laughs> safe
0: pick. Right, right. I mean, take they that just home out. and that point, see what you can do with it, you know? Yeah, I mean, they just got beat 14-6 to six against the backup quarterback from Indiana, so yeah, absolutely. So moving on to our last college game, uh, it's a bit of a rivalry game, kind of a fun game here. So we've got number 15 USC minus 2.5 versus Chip Kelly and the UCLA Bruins. Mike, who are you taking here?
1: You know what, Byron, I don't know why I'm doing this. Perhaps it's just a sign. I saw an article earlier today about – how UCLA is uh, getting sponsored by Jordan brand Mm -hmm. starting, I believe next season. And uh, I also heard on the radio or somewhere within the past week that chip Kelly's over 500 for the first time in his UCLA career. And I believe uh, these things are positive momentum for the program. They're building blocks and call me crazy, but I think chip Kelly is going to get UCLA back to, uh, a prominent position as a Pac-12 competitor. I just think it's taken some time because the program was in such a bad place, um, and this may be the first big win that they get this weekend. So you're going with the Bruins here,
0: yeah? Plus the two, two and a half, it's a two and a half point
1: spread. I mean, UCLA. Um, I mean, USC doesn't really set the world on fire for me, you know. Okay. They haven't right. played very many games. They're only a two and a half point favorite. They can't be that much better than UCLA at home. I think their starting
0: quarterback went into the portal too. But you know what? I'm going to go with USC, portal or not, portal QB or not. I'm going to take USC. <laughs> no faith. By the no faith in Chip Kelly and those. Uh, Never in those uh,
1: pulse monitors on. You know, and the uh, the shakes. No, no faith in the the post practice ucla bruins shake the lounge
0: ucla is a basketball school give me usc here. you
1: remember when he went to the nfl and he had everyone drinking
0: those shakes after practice oh yeah and they had the uh the heart monitors. monitors no they had to take like uh, urine tests for their to check their hydration
1: yep i'm all about it i'm all about the future <laughs> the way of the future chip way of the future
0: All right. So let's move on here. Let's move into our NFL pick. So our first game typically as always the lions. So the lions are hosting the Packers. The Packers are minus seven and a half. Mike, who are you taking? We
1: don't even need to discuss this at length. I'm taking the Packers minus seven and a half.
0: Yeah. I'm right there with you. Aaron Rodgers loves to put on a show against the Packers, uh, or I mean against the lions and, uh, No surprise here. He's going to like those guys. When he
1: plays the Lions, I hate that guy. (laughs) I like watching him when he plays anyone else. When he plays the Lions, I
0: hate that guy. That's because you always see that smirk he's got on his face against the Lions because he's lighting that (laughs) ass up.
1: Yeah, maybe Uh, he'll shave a mustache.
0: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Uh, Well, November's over, so it should be gone. But anyways, moving on to our next game. So we've got Arizona. They're minus two against one of the hottest teams in the NFL, the yeah. New York Giants. Mike, who are you taking? The Giants. They've won four straight. They're getting two points at home in the
1: Meadowlands. Yes. I'm going Giants. I don't like Arizona. All right. I don't like them. I bet on them a couple times this year. They let me down every time. Every
0: single time. Um Oh man. You gotta I play with they, the house money. And right now the Yeah, Giants, I think they've I was, lost like three of their last four games, Arizona, that is. Yeah, they're six and six now.
1: Yeah, I don't it, think that's a dangerous six and six. I think that's a fading six and six.
0: Well the and the New York Giants have one of the best corners in the NFL in Bradbury to lock up DeAndre Hopkins. Um and they just haven't been the same in Arizona without Larry Fitzgerald. So you know what? I'm going to ride that wave with you. Come on, Big Blue. Come on. Oh, yeah. It's, I'll take the, the Giants plus two as well. Got to ride All right, that wave. So let's move on here. Our next game, the Vikings. So this is a matchup of uh, two teams also kind of headed in different directions. So we've got the Vikings traveling to the Bucks. The Bucs are minus six and a half. Mike, who are you taking here? Byron, I don't know what the Bucks' record
1: against the spread is this year, but it can't be good. Every week they're in a close game and they're not winning lately. The Vikings have one of the top red zone, if not the top red zone offense in the National Football League. I'm taking the Vikings and the six and a half points
0: all day long. Interesting. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bucs here. I knew it. you
1: hate Kirk Cousins.
0: I love Kirk Cousins. He's a former spirit. <laughs> you hate him. I really don't, but uh I'm gonna go with the Bucks here. Minus six and a half. Uh I just like him coming off a bye week winning this game. Maybe maybe uh Tom Brady and uh Bruce Arians were able to to figure out their beef because Bruce is always calling them out each week in the media.
1: Right. Maybe they went and had a drink, a couple drinks, and slugged it out, you know, broke into Brady's Foxborough Mansion. Who knows? He knows. Um, but here's the thing I think the Bucks are going to win this week, right? I just don't think they're going to win. He's going to win by, by six and a half. Yeah. I don't think yeah. they're going to cover the spread.
0: Yeah. No, I hear you. I'm just going to take the Bucks. I think they come out and win this game uh, by a touchdown. All right, so let's move on here. Let's talk a little Steel City. So the Steelers are traveling to Buffalo to take on the Bills. The Bills are minus two and a half. Uh, Steelers just suffered their first loss of the season. Mike, who are you taking here?
1: I'm taking the Bills. Steelers are playing pretty shitty the past couple weeks, and uh, I just can't get on board with them again until they show me something. And the Bills looked really good last week.
0: I hear you, but I'm going to take these points. I'm going with the Steelers plus the two and a half against the Bills. I'm going to take these points. We'll see. I've been watching the Steelers.
1: This is a team that's looked very good this year but they are floundering down the stretch when it matters most.
0: Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I've watched a lot of Steelers football. I've got the NFL ticket, and they haven't actually looked that good. They're constantly in very tight games uh, playing to the competition that they face. I just think this defense is going to give Josh Allen some confusion and put some Mm. pressure on him. All right. So rolling with the Steelers plus the two and a half. Mike, last game of the week here, we've got the Ravens against your Browns, the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are minus one. Mike, who are you taking here? I'm taking Cleveland minus one. (laughs) They're nine and
1: three, and I'm not going to at all get excited about a Ravens team that just put it on the Dallas Cowboys on national TV. Dallas is awful. Before that, the Ravens have pretty much been awful the past, you know, probably five or six weeks. I mean the Browns actually have a solid defense. They have a good run game. It's going to be an evenly matched game where the quarterback's going to be the difference. And in terms of passing the football, I'll take Baker Mayfield over Lamar Jackson all day long.
0: Well, Mike, we're on the opposite end here again. I'm going to go with the Ravens. They're playing with desperation. They're playing for their playoff chance at this point. And, you know they've absolutely curb stumped uh, the Cleveland Browns the first game of the season, and you know even though the Browns are going to be out for vengeance, I think the Ravens have that desperation and they got to win. And so since they're getting points, I'll take those points. Ravens plus one. All right, so that those are the picks for this week.
1: I'm uh, calling it. Right the Ravens aren't even making the playoffs.
0: Wow. Big slate of games this week. Uh, we've got 10 on the board, and you know what? This might be my week to come back. I mean, we're on the opposite end on quite a few games here. You should so I'm looking forward UCLA. to see what the results are. What are those
1: are called when you tonight? see things, you see images, and they just tell you what to pick? Like, have you seen that movie Focus no. with Will Smith where they convince that guy all day long that he's going to bet on a certain number? No, they built they, it. They it into a subconscious. That's what happened with me in UCLA. I heard it a couple times this week. It's been there. It's been there. I've been seeing it here. And you know what? I don't know why I'm picking UCLA, but I'm picking them. Hey, and they're going to win this football game.
0: That's fine. We'll see what happens come Saturday. Maurice uh, Jones
1: Drew is probably going to be on the sideline even. <laughs> I, I'm calling it now. I'm, it All might right. be a prophet.
0: All right. So I'm going to make my call for the lock of the week. Uh, This is a game I feel really good about, especially given the situation that they're in there uh, out in Philadelphia. So I'm taking the Saints minus seven uh, traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles, who will be ushering out Jalen Hurts as their starting quarterback this week. Oh, yeah. The Saints minus the seven.
1: I like the pick, Byron. Um, The Eagles have been absolutely trash with Carson Wentz. And uh, now they got Jalen Hurts in there, and it really might not be much better. Absolutely. I think Jalen Hurts can be a good NFL quarterback eventually, but I think he's going to take some bumps and bruises along the way, learning the uh, landscape of the NFL.
0: Not today. Not his five, today,
1: His 5-12 performance last week didn't exactly speak volumes. Absolutely. To his uh, ability as a
0: professional passer yeah absolutely well mike that pretty much wraps it up for us here um so i'll just start things off by thanking the listeners we always uh, appreciate you guys tuning in when you see the podcast posted please share it Uh, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend tag someone give us some comments you know that'll allow us to expand our reach and always subscribe rate and review us uh when you do see us on the various platforms that way if you don't happen to catch it on social media you will be able to access it on your cell phone because it'll download automatically mike take us out of here baby well Again, thanks
1: for uh, thanks for joining us here today. Like Byron said, make sure you rate this podcast at a five because we want a five. We work hard for that five, and <laughs> fives are nice. And then also, please share it. If you enjoy it, all you got to do is share it over to a few friends. We'll blow this thing up. We'll get an alcohol sponsor. We'll send you free alcohol, whatever we got to do eventually. But uh, with that being said, I'm Michael Scott. And I'm Byron Hazley. You've been listening to the Front Porch Tailgate Podcast. Have a great weekend. Love you guys. Stay
0: blessed.